Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror vidi games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How go? It go. It go and it go. Uh, so, welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to do a little topic episode. Uh, we got a little behind, so uh, we're going to get back ahead, do a couple episodes. Me? Of- okay, I got behind <laughs> because I went back to work and I moved, uh, mm. so I didn't have time to play anything mm. but maybe a couple rounds of Dead by Daylight every here and again. Uh, How fucking dare you have real life shit? Yeah, sorry. How dare you? <laughs> I know, I'm a failure. I'm not a pro gamer. I do have to turn in my badge and light gun. Mm, okay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do a couple episodes that aren't games. They're just topics. And then the next game is still Echo Knight 2. Yeah, so as always, this episode is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly. The way it works is... You give us whatever amount of money you want. The minimum is just a dollar, but you can also give us more. It's up to you. And when you do that, you get extra content. Every week, we put out an entire extra episode that's usually 30 to 45 minutes long Mm -hmm. uh, about topics or media recommendations or just whatever. Um, And, you know, this episode is actually kind of a good commercial for Zero Brightness Plus because this is kind of like an episode of zero brightness plus uh yeah or what yeah. the format is like we just have a conversation uh and I'm, we're probably going to reference some of the episodes from that show so if you haven't checked it out check it out mm. really easy to jump in um we're also we occasionally post other stuff in there too uh i did an essay not that long ago um and we're going to keep experimenting with doing other kinds of content that's only on mm-hmm. the patreon uh, also, you can go to zerobrightness.com to find links to our Bandcamp where we sell music and merch. You can find links to our Discord where we hang out and chat with folks. And we've been playing games online in there, which is fun. Uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff to do. Yeah. So, okay, today we're kind of talking about a topic that is heavily influenced by conversations in our Discord that seem to happen a lot. Like, over and over and over and over and it's not a bad thing because it is it is a topic that is evergreen and a topic that people are really really trying to reckon with right now i feel like yeah and it's not a bad conversation to have but like we have it so much it kind of hurts my brain yeah and so it'd be good to like put you know put it on tape let's talk about it let's talk about it yeah so the topic today is Is it possible to be an ethical consumer of video games? And Mm. how do we even define that? Oh my god. Uh, Welcome to our six-hour TED Talk. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's... A little bit of context for this. I think the reason that this keeps coming up is because we keep seeing new things coming out about... uh, The people who run the development houses that make the games we play being assholes treating their employees like shit either in a labor way or in like uh you know sexual misconduct sexual assault kind of way uh we see those stories all the time or we see developers just putting their foot in their mouths and being fucking assholes uh (laughs) 
either with their marketing or with some of the content that's in their game. Um, mm. And we also see storefronts doing shady shit. And mm-hmm. so we keep coming down to this question of the knee-jerk reaction, right, is like, see bad thing, no longer support thing. Which is sure. like, that's that makes could that fucking make sense to me right like mm-hmm. it well eventually you're gonna live in the woods that's the problem that's because we yeah. live in capitalism well and so that's the other side of it is then like where do we draw the lines like how do we define yeah. this? because you know the thing about this and the reason i think this issue is really nuanced and like sometimes hard to talk about mm-hmm. but it's good to talk about is that all the knee-jerk reactions to it are not very like practical like Okay, so for example, the knee-jerk like leftist reaction to this is to say, well, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which mm-hmm. is not wrong, but it's also not helpful because you can use that logic to justify doing anything and everything you want. Like, yes. well, I live in capitalism. There's no ethical consumption, so I don't have to care if someone's a rapist. I don't have to care if someone's racist. Like, I don't have to care about anything because mm-hmm. like, I'm a good person. I'm good people. Like... You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> exactly. But that's a pretty popular sentiment, I think, amongst gamers. Yeah. Saying fuck it. Yeah, it's tough because, um, I mean, it starts at the core of what you're going to use, man. Technology. All this technology is made in China by unpaid under vastly underpaid labor you know yeah foxconn factory has suicide nets around it like that's just fucking how shit is uh yeah this is catapulting uh china's economy past the u.s and it's all on the backs of the chinese people yeah uh so like ethically can you even buy a fucking phone you know yeah well, exactly. It hurts. It hurts to think about. But you can't... You also just can't, like, opt out of society like that. And I don't think... I don't think owning technology makes you complicit at the same time. Like, you have to be an aware consumer because opting out is... I mean, you literally have to go live in the fucking woods. But still, you're, like, living under, like, the government's property laws and stuff. Yeah. So, you have to be able to be uh, an aware enough consumer to not feel like a hypocrite. But at the same time, like, I mean, everybody needs a phone and it's sad. Just don't buy a fucking phone every year. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I think that's a good way to put it is that you have to be an aware consumer and you have to, like, decide what's important to you and you have to think about these issues. I guess as a disclaimer, too. I mean, I think this whole discussion is geared towards people who do, like, give a shit. Like, Mm, if you don't give a shit about labor practices or how something is made or who's affected by, like, the things Mm -hmm. that you want slash need, I mean, I don't have anything to say to you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, you have to at least give, like, the tiniest bit of a shit. And, And... I think too. Okay, so when I talk about stuff and I and I say like, well, gamers, you know, like oh, like gamers, right? Or like gamers think mm-hmm. this, gamers think that. Like the the way that I I gather that data, if you can call it that, is like I go to comment sections and I like read what people say a lot, and a lot of times sure. I don't, you know, I'm not going to the guy whose name is like, you know, 
kill everyone 69 420 like you find the people who seem like pretty normal and well-reasoned and and just like can get a thought out but also like think about shit in really weird and fucked up ways Mm -hmm. and so like there are a lot of people who just like don't view video games in that way you know what i mean or like Mm. the same thing that they might think about something that's like more obviously just like a lifestyle product or something they don't think about video games in the same way and i think it goes back to video games being art right like which we've had that whole talk before blah 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 but it's like i think because people like well there's artists involved and there's people are passionate involved like you know it, it they view it as like an art piece and it almost like that precludes like the economic aspect of it even though there's like a mm. huge economic aspect of it right I I feel like it's more like film. Okay, it's a Hideo Ko- Kojima game. But it's made by a team of hundreds. It's not just like a guy in front of a painting or like a band with one singer, songwriter. It's uh it's like an entire economic force behind creating a AAA video game or even, you know, a, a single A video game. There's still a team over 100 people. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's, it then becomes kind of incumbent on the consumer to say like, okay, where do I draw the line here? Like when it are this like systemic problems with this company or this team or this publisher enough to make me not spend money on a game. And on a game that I want to play. See, that's the other thing too. Sometimes it's hard for me to have these discussions because like, the games that I actually want to play are so like narrow in scope. Mm. Like there's so much shit. Like when all that shit about, okay, it came out that Ubisoft was basically creating a whole culture in their company where people could be uh, abused, either like emotionally abused or sexually abused, like all this horrible shit. Right. And it's like, that's horrible and you hate Mm -hmm. to see it and it makes you feel bad, but also like it doesn't affect my life because I'm not going to play a fucking Ubisoft game. The last Ubisoft game I played was probably, like, on the GameCube or some shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, regardless of, you, of if you like the games or not, it. Um, I think the tech world creates, uh, like, toxic cultures, like, inherently in a lot of ways. You know, I've, I've worked at a large tech company before, and it's, you know, the HR is a shit show, and... Uh, inappropriate stuff going on all the time you know and uh you know i feel like uh game development houses are probably like the extreme of that like the most nerdy the most immature and dumb people you know um yeah i mean just look at gamers i'm just thinking uh, <laughs> game developers are extreme version of that you know yeah and then all the managers and ceos are all like bros and chads and shit so it's just like a different kind of toxicity yeah totally but i guess the reason i bring up uh it being a game that you want to play or a product that you want to spend money on as being important is because it is easy to just like point the finger right sure well a good example it would be like ea with the new tony hawk oh yeah totally I want to play tony hawk you want to play tony hawk right yeah everybody wants to play the new tony hawk yeah Exactly. It's made by Electronic Arts. Yeah. The ultimate shitlords. No, I take it back. It's Activision, who are also shitlords. Who are they got also a bunch shit. of shit. Yeah. 
But that's not, so that was another point I wanted to bring up. Uh, all of these big companies have all of this shit about them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rockstar, Ubisoft, Activision, EA, uh, CD Projekt Red, all of them. It's it, every single fucking one. CD Projekt Red is the big one. That's what started the conversation this week. Because, like, okay, so it's a two-prong issue here. Uh, mm. So with the rollout of cyberpunk 2077 uh every time they post something new somebody gets upset uh and with good reason because it feels like every different type of person in the game is like this heavily stereotyped almost like trying to be kitschy 80s representation of like a a race or a gender but it's like super fucking tasteless like initially there were like these Haitians that were just like, Oh, like voodoo man, you know? And it was like mm. really bad. And then now they've shown that there's like an East Asian gang. That's like, I don't know. It's like, if you, if you asked an 11 year old in the nineties to draw like some <laughs> triads and they're called like the tiger claws. And I guess they're Japanese, but they're like mm. a bunch of Chinese stereotypes, except for that they have katanas and it's like, mm. you know, and then also they had these like, this whole weird thing about like this kind of transhumanism message of like are you really a person if you have fake parts and there's like people with prosthetics like um yo dudes like sorry (laughs) sorry i lost my legs uh but yeah and then like of course uh there was something with like representations of like uh like trans people where once again it was very like kitschy and over sexualized you know and it's like Mm. what are you guys doing you know and this is coming from the company that also runs GOG, who had a bunch of like, you know, Twitter posts and advertising that was like super yeah. shitty. Questionable tweets. Yeah. I mean, past questionable, like into literally trolling trans people, like trolling. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And like, there are other companies who have done this, like a THQ Nordic uh, did. Yeah. They had a Q&A that they did in fucking <laughs> 8chan. They did it on 8chan. They did it in oh 8chan. My God. And, like, people were doing 8chan stuff, like, posting racial yeah. slurs, saying horrible yeah. shit. And, like, the guy who was doing the Q&A who set it up and was running it was just like, oh, like, lol. And, like, <laughs> I think there is a culture within gaming that is especially mm-hmm. bad in, like, the marketing sides of a lot of these, like, bigger companies or, like, medium-sized companies where they want to wink at really problematic people in the gaming landscape like they want to like wink at white supremacists and they want to wink at racists and they want to wink at like homophobes and bigots uh and they don't see anything wrong with it well yeah i mean the with cd project red they're a polish company and uh i mean we have we have polish listeners i'm not talking shit about y'all but um the Polish government has some uh, fucked up ideology and views on some on uh, certain things, and uh, they really like seem to dehumanize like non-straight people there. Yeah, uh, it seems pretty fucking disgusting to me, honestly. Oh, for sure. And so I'm wondering then when when does a consumer have a burden then to say like fuck mm-hmm. this? And once again, like my knee jerk reaction is like at the first step like at the point where it's like yo like no you know well going back to some of those points you brought back 
brought up about cyberpunk so a lot of the gangs yeah they are ethnically based and they are uh they're pretty close to the source material and it's like do you alter the source material modernize it and piss off like a bunch of like shitty fans or do you keep it the same and it feels antiquated because it's it was something from like the 80s that what's the guy mike pondsmith who's actually african-american himself the creator of cyberpunk oh crazy. Uh, yeah yeah for sure he he wrote the uh, pen and paper rpg yeah um yeah so like yeah you, you know when you say it like that oh it's like a a, a a stereotype triad gang or a bunch of haitians yeah that does seem like antiquated but it's also close to the source material should they i mean i'm all for like adopting new ideas and source material and stuff like that i'm not against that but well yeah you know, maybe they thought it was too risky for the fan base but at the same time i, f- I feel like it's more like cd project red's fan base and not the pen and paper cyberpunk fan base oh yeah like if they even tried to use that as a cop-out i would just say get fucked because yeah the fan base (laughs) for their company is so much larger than the fan base for this fucking pen and paper rpg and like yeah if you're gonna take something from the 80s and adapt it you're gonna have to change shit like the mm-hmm. only reason you would keep it in was to try and have some really like ham-fisted teachable moment, which is also a bad idea. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like as we fucking learned in Deadly Premonition 2. <laughs> yeah, well, some games like, so the new Shadow Warrior games, uh, you know, uh, the original 90s Shadow Warrior game had uh, the main character's name was Lo Wang, which is a fucking dick joke. Yeah. And he was just like offensive Asian stereotype right super offensive and also like super he's voiced by this guy who looks like fucking wilford brimley fat white dude. who just is but like so, yeah god damn it you know that he did that voice at dinner parties where he's like hey shirley you want to hear something <laughs> funny i can sound like a chinese guy and it's like oh i hope that guy's dead and his death was painful <laughs> so they rebooted the series and it's a polish company that's doing it <laughs> um so- jesus it's still like it still has that like 80s like based on like a racist caricature but they just kept making him like more and more badass and now he's basically like an action movie pun with like less racist overtones but it's still got that like root of like charlie chan shit you know what i mean well yeah and it's not (laughs) it's not fucking cool like it's fucked up and it's fucking racist and it's like yeah okay so this is another thing too where like i get that there are gamers out there who are just white males and that's just their whole thing is like (laughs) i'm a white male but it's like you i don't know it's like gaming is having this moment of reckoning like the whole country is having a moment of reckoning right now like Mm. america has just fallen apart completely because like it was built on all these fucked up broken systems and yeah. a bunch of shit happened all at once that pushed it to its breaking point. And everyone is like, dude, fuck off. We're not going to do this shit anymore. But like in gaming, it's happening too, but it's like so many uh, gamers mm. and the people who are most vocal are just like white males. And mm. they're either like, Oh wow. I never saw it that way. Or they're just like, no, fuck you. Like you're just a fucking sensitive snowflake and like, fuck you. And it's like, what? 
because like so much of this shit that we're talking about it's just like racist shit that's aimed at a culture that's not yours so like you can look mm-hmm. at it if you're a white male and just be like mm-hmm. oh yeah like that's fine i mean like oh it's, it's not bad it, or, it's not good but it's like whatever and it's like but then like i'm over here like oh like all of this shit is just aimed at me like every everything that's like racist to arabs everything that's racist to asian people everything that's racist to other cultures from the middle east it's like that's me (laughs) like they're talking about me and they're making fun of me and they're making fun of like people in my family who have accents and they're making fun Mm. of like the food we eat and they're making fun of like our right to just like live and i don't understand i mean this is why this whole discussion about ethics like really winds me up because it's like how could you not understand someone just saying, hey, maybe don't buy that thing because it's bad or it promotes like bad ideas. And I get that if you are just like some white male and you've never been exposed to this, this is like new information to you or when you were exposed to mm-hmm. it, it was new information. But like, damn dog, like you got to just take that information. Like, so, okay. Mm-hmm. There was a Kotaku article that a writer there wrote about, that's how I heard about that tiger claws thing in cyberpunk. And they were just like, dude, like, no. Very eloquent article. They talked about, like, the history of Asian stereotypes in games and, like, some things Mm. that they had encountered and how they felt about it. And, like, you know, the comments weren't as bad as you'd imagine, but a lot of the comments were just so, like, just like, but, like, why? Like, why would this even bother you? It's just, like, a game, and it's not like they're portrayed as like less than the other characters like Mm. they're like cool they have swords and like a big part in the article was like why does every east asian person in a video game have to have a fucking sword and it's like yeah that's a fucking million dollar question right there i'm sure you know when when dudes in the 80s were making like nintendo games with ninjas and stuff they didn't do it with ill intent they were probably a fan of like ninja movies and kung fu movies and stuff. Yeah. And so the intent of the artists is not portraying it in a negative light, but the representation of media overall where, you know, a, a subset of people are always portrayed in that way or only portrayed in that way it becomes a problem in a, like, macro-level view. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, because, like, you know, Mike Pondsmith, the the cyberpunk guy, he was, like, inspired by, like, kung fu movies or, like, ninja movies and stuff, so he wanted to, like, have this gang in his pen and paper game. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he didn't have the intent of making an Asian stereotype, and you know what I mean? Or, you know. So it's kind of interesting to think of it like that, like, I'm sure he didn't have any ill intent when coming up with the triads, but then you look at him now and with 2020 goggles and it's like, well, you know, maybe we should, uh, kind of think about this a little more. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and that's the other thing too, is I've, I've talked about on the show where it's like, I can go back and look at older shit that's problematic. And if it's in the right context, and I don't think it's hateful, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I still think Mm -hmm. it's worth discussing it and saying, like, oh, that was bad. But, like, 
there is a big amount of gray area between like bad representation and good representation when you're going back to the 80s and the 90s, right? Yeah. Like there is stuff from the 80s and 90s that's really like hateful towards like queer people, right? For example. Oh, totally. But, oh, just something, uh, you know, it, it, I want to I wanna note on something since you brought that up. I was watching uh, the old Bill and Ted movies. Oh, yeah. And they're so lighthearted and fun, but there's like one scene in each where they like drop uh, is, uh, something that would be considered like super not cool in 2020. Yeah. So Well, yeah. And so I think there there is like gray area there and you're going back and saying like, okay, it is fair for people to not know certain things. But then like when you're looking at stuff now, I don't care what it's based on. It's now it's fucking 2020. And you Mm. can't just use that as a cop out and just say like, Oh, well it's like based on this thing. Cause that's the other thing too, is that this it's such a God, it's such a bullshit troll argument because like when people are adapting things, they change so much, but then why is it that all this problematic, racist, sexist, whatever shit like never gets changed. And they're like, well, we wanted to respect the work. And it's like, you took out a whole ass character, but you left in (laughs) racism. Like that was what is you're like, this character, not important, but racism though, (laughs) like, yeah. So I, I, I didn't actually look into this tiger claws thing and I'm talking, I'm looking at it now. Wow, it's just like a, a goofy mixture of like Chinese and Japanese. Like at yeah. least get the home culture right. That's weird. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe maybe you could. I mean, maybe you could plot around that with like you know, because cyberpunk's in America, so like Japanese and Chinese cultures go together. Blah blah blah. I don't know how you're gonna make that work and make it not weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it's bad, and it's like. You guys well, are the- it looks stupid too. It doesn't even look cool. Yeah, like I'm looking at the picture of it. And it's like, yeah, man. yeah, and it's like you guys are the creators. You have the power to reshape things and change things, but then you just choose not to. And once again, it's like I think in games, there's also like this extra burden where you know that you're giving this to an audience. Now you know now because mm. it's fucking 2020. You're giving it to an audience that has some pretty negative impulses at its core you're giving it to an audience that if they decide they love a thing which people have already decided that this is the best game ever before it's released right they're gonna stand for it and defend the status quo even if it's harmful and so if you know you're putting something into that environment i think you have like an extra burden to say like hey we don't you know we don't believe these things or we don't support these Mm. things so like it was actually good. I mean, even if, if in a tiny way to see things like Call of Duty put up basically like a Black Lives Matter sign. Sure. Like on their game after a bunch of shit went down. It's like obviously like, you know, whatever, fuck that company, fuck that game, whatever. But it's just same- virtue signaling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Says the people who invented virtue signaling. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord? Uh, <laughs> the Lord. The Lord of the original virtue signaler. Exactly. Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there you do have a responsibility because you know that you know and especially like anything online right like you know that you are essentially giving people an outlet for toxicity you are 
whether you like it or not, you're opening the door and creating an environment where toxicity can thrive. So I think that to then do things that can be construed as bigoted, um, mm. it's even worse because it's like you are just tossing a huge disgusting bone to a bunch of rabid fucking dogs. And that's what like, I can't see cyberpunk 2077 going down as anything more than like a new flashpoint in the culture war around games. Cause like you are giving some of the shittiest people like a whole bunch of recognition of like, yeah, things should be like this. Things shouldn't be like that. All that fucking liberal snowflake bullshit put like fucking gay characters in my game and all this fucking bullshit. Fuck that shit. You fucking suck. We were right all along. And it's like, I'm not saying that's their intention or that's why they're making the game or making these choices. But like, you gotta fucking know that that is what you are doing. Well, they already said that you can make like gay and trans characters and have relationships any way you want. Or like even, I think you could even be asexual in the game. Yeah, but that's the same thing companies have been saying for years and years and years. And the best example of this being that last Assassin's Creed game, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Assassin's Creed yeah. High School English 1001, uh, where it's set in like the, the fucking <laughs> the works of Virgil or whatever, where like they're like, you can be a woman and you can make her gay and like, oh, wow, isn't mm. this so progressive? But then like they added a DLC where you had to like conceive a child with a man. Like. <laughs> And so it's like, that's what this is looking like to me. <laughs> that's where it's fucking stupid. It's like disgusting. And it's like, if you're gonna give people this quote unquote freedom and say, you can do what you want, you can be what you want, but then you're also going to have a concrete traditional narrative that pushes people in a totally opposite direction and destroys mm-hmm. all the characterization, then it's meaningless. So like, for example, okay, with if, you know, if cyberpunk does have all these kitschy over sexualized, like, you know, very like campy depictions of like trans people, but then lets you be trans. It kind of doesn't matter if the images like are negative. Well, I I think the controversy around that one is that it was like uh, a poster for a strip club and the stripper was clearly male to female trans. Okay. And so personally, I'm a straight white person. Like what the fuck does my opinion matter? But I didn't find it offensive. I was like, okay, in the future, there will be trans people at strip clubs. Like, that seems fine, right? I mean, I'm not that person. So, like, my opinion isn't that educated on it. But to me, that seemed okay. I'm not going to defend anything else CD Projekt Red's done. But that Uh, seemed okay. Yeah, and I I think, I, I don't disagree with what you just said. And I also agree with you that, like, my opinion on that stuff doesn't fucking matter. Because I'm just like, cis, straight, dude. Yeah. Like, whatever. We're just driving. We're talking. Yeah, we're just talking. Two, two straight men talking. Just just two straight men <laughs> being themselves. Not a phone in sight. You'll love to see it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it's just, it's just like... I think within the vibe of like there being this sort of like ethnic stereotyping and it being this kind of kitschy eighties thing. And then people Mm -hmm. seeing that image, I think it's a fair leap to say like, Oh, does this suck? Well, another thing that's been bothering me lately is that people aren't allowed to make these leaps that I think sometimes it's good to like say and consider like, Hey, maybe this isn't in good faith. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I hate to say it, but I bought this game already last year, so we'll find out. <laughs> You'll find out. I'll, yeah. I'll report back to uh, yeah. our uh, lovely listening audience about 
how bad it is. You know, as a straight white man giving his opinion about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great. I was a Haitian voodoo priest. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to not be me. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that. Uh, but no, like, I think that, you know, one thing that's been bothering me too is like, I feel like gamers as these, uh, as these topics are coming up, these debates are happening. A lot of people are losing sight of why you have these talks and why you have these debates. And Mm. the reason that you have, I mean, like we're not having this discussion to hear ourselves talk. Like we're having this discussion because we know that people, some people listen to this and that this is a thing like worth like hearing and thinking about. And when you critique things or when you discuss critical issues, the ultimate goal is to have some sort of practical effect. Like, you know, when people look at something and say, oh, like, okay, maybe that's not worth supporting or, hey, maybe Mm. this is not worth like discussing in this way and instead should be discussed in this other way. Mm. And so like, that's what's been bothering me because I think with a lot of these discussions, people are afraid to make certain leaps, right? Like I was, like I said a second ago, and I feel like people are like, well, we have to give everything the benefit of the doubt. And it's like Mm -hmm. giving everything the benefit of the doubt got us to here right now. Like everyone who said that we can't punch Nazis or like wish the president (laughs) death, like that's how we're here. That's how we're here with like hundreds of thousands of people fucking dead. A big problem here is that unfortunately a lot of people, especially Americans lack critical thinking skills. Sure. They just, they just accept things the way they are. And if uh, scary things change, they can't handle it. Yeah. Like they like close minded, like extended family members. Like I get argument in arguments with them because they can't understand why a fucking like a trans person is like valid. Why can't a trans person just be fucking happy? Like, why are you worried about their like pronouns so much? Like, okay. Like fucking stop. Like it's, it's so, (sighs) okay. Sorry. I wound myself up. Well, it's okay. See, I think (laughs) it's a good point. And I would, I want to extend what you said to just like, people that we view as like normal middle of the road people because that honestly is the american mentality to the point where people who are like oh well you know like i'm normal you know i'm like i guess like i'm kind of on the left and like you know whatever i try and be conscientious about shit or whatever but they just like don't fucking care and so even more than like like no one's gonna get mad at you for not knowing something you were never told right like sure everyone has been there even the most like hyper woke person you've ever met in your life had a point in time where they didn't know everything they know right like maybe it was you know before you but there is a point where people just don't know what is i think really frustrating and enraging ultimately is when you're trying to present people this information kind of like what you're talking about and people are just not hearing it and i think that for normal people like not hyper conservatives not like super fucking old people or whatever gaming seems to be like a big landscape where it's totally safe and okay to be that way like every time there's an op-ed that's like yo this is fucked up the the comments are at least like half full of people like i mean i don't really see it that way It's interesting because uh, I was reading an article ages ago. I think it was on uh, one of the 
maybe Skyrim, one of the Bethesda games where they did a kind of case study on how people play the game. They said like 80 to 90% of people play as the good guy all the time. Like, nobody wants to be the bad guy, but people are just so... I don't know, I think it's closed-mindedness and lack of cri critical thinking stills that, like, really make Americans fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, well, and I think it's important that, like, if someone raises a point or raises an issue, like, you need to consider it, right? Like, if they have, if they have, you know, if there's some something behind it, if there's something to it, it's important to like consider it. So if someone is saying, if someone is coming to you and saying, hey, this is my lived experience. This is like my own like values or views that are important to me. And like, this is why I think you maybe should consider that like this thing is not cool. I don't understand yeah. why the knee jerk reaction is just defense, 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 defense. Because mm. that's the other thing, too. So to relate it back to the, the sort of main topic of this episode, I think that's what sort of bothers me is that it seems like, by and large, in gaming, people are not interested in being ethical consumers because they're more interested in just defending the hobby. And, like, hmm. that is what has been driving me up the wall lately. You know what I mean? I think about it in film, right? Okay, so, like, yeah, I'm Arab. And, like, in film there was a whole lot of criticism in the 90s and the 2000s about like how Arabs are portrayed in film, right? Sure. And, and a lot of that was around that like, yeah, like I've said before on the show, when I was growing up, the only Arabs in movies were bad guys and they were mostly played by Indo-Pakistani people even, so they weren't even like getting jobs like for Arab people. It was either just white guys mm. in kufis or Indo-Pakistani people. And like- Chuck Norris stunt doubles and shit. Yeah, ex well, the people Chuck Norris was like kicking out of windows. Yeah. 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 And so like, you know, that sucked and that was a problem. But I do, and it took forever for that to even be a conversation. I'm not giving any flowers to like cinema or the film industry or anything. Cause like, fuck that shit. It's just as bad. They shelter fucking rapists and horrible fucking people. I don't have anything good to say about them, but I will say that because it's a, such a widely accepted medium, it's such a normal thing. Like watching movies is just such a normal pastime that yeah. I think that if someone brings up a, a critique in film people are less likely to just knee-jerk like defend film like they're a That's little true. slightly more receptive to open because nobody nobody needs to defend film like well we kind of you know. talked about it a little on previous episodes but like people will still watch films by problematic filmmakers for historical reasons and things like that like Roman Polanski, people are still going to watch Rosemary's Baby. Right. Uh, I mean, you're going to look at it under the critical eye of, you know, Roman Polanski being a weirdo, but at the same time, they're going to keep enjoying it for historical purposes. Right. And it, you're, I don't feel. Are you going to do that in video games? I mean, I don't know. Well, it just feels like with video games, when you have these discussions, like, they're just so much harder to get started because people just want to push back at you. You know? Yeah. And that's why I feel like it's even more important in this medium to try and be an ethical consumer because it's like, there's just so much pushback already that at least you can try and just make it not economically like sustainable 
to do this shit. And I mean, you're always swimming upstream, you know, but it would be interesting to look into why gamers feel like they feel like they have so much like skin in the game when it comes to companies and company decisions and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're both guilty of it too. Like every time, you know, Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo makes a big dumb decision, we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, Well, totally. It seems more, I don't know. People are more interested in the, that, that industry than like the film industry. I mean, I guess so, but decision making of uh, certain you know companies and stuff. I just don't see that um, kind of conversation getting so in depth or heated with film fans. You know, they talk about the film. Yeah, well, that's and that's kind of why I think these conversations are really important. And I mean, that's like part of why I wanted to do the show because it felt like these conversations just aren't happening. You know. Um, but I, and I'll say, okay, so just for myself, like I do try and be an ethical consumer of games. So I even said in the discord, you know, cause we we're talking about GOG and like blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, like I haven't bought anything off of GOG since they basically trolled the, the trans day of remembrance with like a yeah. shitty tweet. And it's like, dude, like what in the actual fuck? Like it's literally, you know, a day to like remember like all these people who've died because of like hate crimes or because of like police violence and all this shit. And you're just like trolling it to appeal to like the worst part of your audience. And so for me, that was like, all right, well fuck you too. You know? Yeah. Like literally what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. And so it's like, do better Poland. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. So for me and myself, it's like, there's really two big platforms for mainstream games indie stuff you should buy direct from the developer whatever we can websites or itch.io or whatever but like for big mainstream stuff there's only two platforms there's GOG and Steam so it's like yeah like I was buying stuff on Steam well Steam okay. is not so good and that's Steam like Steam is not good well, Steam the, is not the other good. alternative is the Epic Game Store which is also not good yeah so it's like I'm I guess what I'm going to argue in terms of like what my view of being an ethical consumer is within the horrible capitalist hellscape, right? Is not to just say there's no ethical consumption under capitalism and throw your hands up, but to just try and do what you can, Yeah, you know? Cause it's like, like I don't have some big answer to this question or I don't have some like 10 point plan to destroy bigots in video games. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that, you know, this isn't, this isn't an idols song. I don't have a slogan for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but I think you can do your part, you know? People look at GOG as the ethical storefront because of their business model. Yeah. And, you know, I think that has its inherent merits. But GOG also has, you know, a problem. Yeah. But that's that's so. the thing is like this is another this is another great discussion here. Like why do gamers not understand what ethics are? Like video games not having DRM is not an ethical issue by and large. I mean, yeah, if you get hacked or it leaks your personal data, that sucks and that's on the company to try and fix that, but like every day we're trying to navigate systems that are trying to steal our personal data and we're trying to like get away from it you know but it's like i don't really view that as like 
an ethical issue that's like a goods and services issue and this company is trying to give you a superior product like them being racist or bigoted trolls is an ethical issue like that's the ethical issue not drm in games Mm. and i feel like gamers get confused i feel like they fucking go ham and are like this is the issue you know and we've seen that like all the overreactions to shit and people like uh review bombing games because it didn't have a feature they wanted and all this crazy shit and it's like it's just really immature i think it's immature especially right now when it's like people's lives are like really really at stake you know in terms of like fighting racism fighting bigotry in terms of like fighting an administration that's trying to kill everyone with the coronavirus (laughs) like so so what do we do from here can we sell our steam libraries take that money go move to the woods dig a hole and live in it well yeah, I mean, I, I would suggest that plan for most gamers, honestly. But, I mean, <laughs> that's for separate reasons. Like, I feel like it's just important for people to do their part, you know? And whatever you view as your own part, you should do that. Like, <laughs> because it's just, I think that the default of just blindly supporting everything and the default of just saying, I want this, so I'm going to have it is really destructive and it's really negative. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything good about that. Yeah. But what do you say to like the guy that's been watching Star Wars since he was six and he wants to see the new Star Wars? Grow the fuck up. I mean, that's like the thing to me that I would say to most gamers is grow the fuck up, dude. Like, uh, you ever heard of the Rolling Stones? They had a song that said, you can't always get what you want. Like, They also dated 13-year-olds. So Horrible people, super problematic. But hey, if that's your bag, they have some good advice for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like grow the fuck up. Like, I think, too, we talk a lot about, you know, gaming as a medium maturing and growing up and Mm. gamers also have to mature and they have to grow up like they have to consider these things and they have to like hear people when they speak to to them you know because it's like you're never going back you're never going back to your tiny little enclave where everyone was the same as you and like you can just be as horrible as you want you can't go back. I think that's what a lot of it is, is people just wanting to go back to being 13 and calling people racial slurs on message boards. Let's pump the brakes on something you said, though, because I don't think it's about being horrible. Because also, you know, I like Duke Nukem 3D. Duke Nukem 3D is super problematic. I like trauma movies, which can, you know, be problematic. I feel like trauma movies are on this thing where it's like problematic, but it's trying to tell you something good, but it's still like super pro kind of like the South park effect. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I can appreciate stuff also have critical thinking skills about how it's fucked up, but also not feel like I'm doing something bad and, feel guilty about enjoying it i don't know if i should feel guilt about enjoying it while though i recognize that it's problematic in ways yeah i mean 
whatever you feel in your fucking heart, I can't tell you what to do, but like, I guess like it's important. And I feel like you are someone who does do this, that it's important to understand what's privilege and what's not. So like going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like, there's a whole bunch of really stereotyped fucked up shit that affects me that doesn't affect other people. Yeah. And so if you, if you can still enjoy that, like tons, like Iron Man is super fucking racist to Arabs. Tons of people I know personally, tons of people in discord love that movie. I'm not yeah. in the discord telling everybody who says I like Iron Man that they're going to hell or whatever. Cause like, <laughs> I really don't fucking care. What I care about is you having the, the awareness of yourself and sure. the critical thinking to say no. that like this is a privilege and i know that i'm that way about like being a straight male there's tons mm-hmm. of stuff that i am privileged to not be like bothered by yeah and so like i can still i guess like you know in my own way or whatever appreciate it but then like it's important to say that like this for example like this is off-putting and this is othering to women like they can't appreciate this because it is broadcasting to them that they are not the intended group it is broadcasting to them that they're not allowed to be part of this group Mm. so okay so there's something else i wanted to kind of bring up because you know we're talking about all this stuff yeah is uh uh work that was made with an anti-racist sentiment but has overtly racist satirical tones to it yeah and two examples (laughs) mel brooks blazing saddles because that was a movie that i grew up with Mm -hmm, me too and of course i thought it was fucking hilarious it's a really funny movie yeah it has a overtly anti-racist message but it's filled with racist shit yeah and the reason i bring it up is because me and my oldest brother my oldest half brother we used to watch it together as kids and he is a grown ass racist man yeah and like, we don't talk anymore but he didn't fucking get it that it was making fun of the racist idiots in the town you yeah. know so and then you know the other example is something we talked about in the door store also recently was uh borat yeah which you know he's a a bumbling idiot clown version of an arab person but the the intent of the artist is to reveal extreme hypocrisy in the American right. Well, okay. And I fucking so, hate that guy. Yeah. I and hate, you hate Borat. So. I hate Borat. I hate that fucking... Oh, God. What's his name? Uh, Satra Baron Cohen. Yes. Uh, fuck that guy. Well, and here's my <laughs> problem with him. All right. And here's my problem with a lot of stuff. Like you're saying that tries to be satirical and ends up being racist or being bigoted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or so, like that, like something that bigots can enjoy because it's raised. They don't get, they don't understand the satire. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, <laughs> and you open this can of worms. So just so you know, uh, <laughs> I'm but, putting my seatbelt on. <laughs> the thing with him is that he made his career by playing Arabs and people from elsewhere in the Middle East and Central Asia. He plays these horrible outsized caricatures of them that are super offensive because they're portrayed as bumbling fucking idiots. Like He's a clown. Like Holly G was a clown. Borat's a fucking clown. Every yes. single one of his characters is just so ridiculous. Yeah, and they're stupid and they they look like shit and they're just... <laughs> 
<laughs> they're really like deplorable on a basic level. Like I guess they're not like quote unquote like bad people, but like they're just like deplorable because they're just like ugly and stupid, and they're made that way. And so you're supposed it, to look at them and think they're ugly and stupid. It's now, almost like a minstrel show, like it tier is, caricatures. No, it's not like it is a minstrel show. Now the reason it's a minstrel show is that he's Israeli. And there has been a now, like, God, what, 70-year genocide campaign against Arabs. And they're basically winding it down. I don't know how much longer we're even going to have, like, Palestinians on the earth between coronavirus and the Israeli genocide. Also, Israel is a fascist state, and they've been running a misinformation campaign against Palestinians. Like, they literally have rewritten their history to say the Palestinians are interlopers who need to be wiped out. A lot of Americans don't know this shit. So when this Israeli mm-hmm. guy gets yeah. up and he starts doing characters that are stereotypes of, you know, Arab people and Middle Eastern people, it's the same as if a white guy in America did blackface and played like a really dopey, stupid black guy and said, mm-hmm. no, I'm trying to expose racism. It's like, I don't care what you're trying to do. You need to be aware of the history of your country, which mm-hmm. is in America, there has been a genocidal campaign against black people for longer, even like hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And there's inequality. And so if you were to like, quote unquote, like mine that for laughs, people would say you're a piece of shit. Well, first of all, they'd say you're a piece of shit for doing blackface, but like you're a piece of shit for using this like culture that the law recognizes you and puts you as a superior person. So you're inherently punching down, even if you're trying to do something good. One minor point is that he was like super critical of Israel and like several of his characters, but yeah, still, but that's what I'm saying. Even if totally valid. Yeah. In the example I gave, even if the white guy was super liberal, it's yeah, like, yo, exactly. this is like not fucking okay. So I do want to jump in here quick to clarify a couple points about this. Uh, cause I know this could be misconstrued or I don't want to be misconstrued, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, So first of all, I know that he's British and that he's like culturally or ethnically Israeli. Um, So when I say he's Israeli, I guess I mean it in the same way as I mean it when I say I'm Arab or I'm Lebanese, right? I don't live in Lebanon, but like that is my family's home country. I view it as that is my home country and my culture. And I think that in those situations... I almost have a higher standard towards people like that because I'm a person like that. And I actually have even stronger feelings about it. And I think too, that we have a burden to be aware of the culture that we come from and the culture that we're associated with, you know? Um, So, you know, I talk a little bit later about growing up in a family or in a culture that had some like racist ideas and having to reject those for myself. So, I guess what I'm saying here is that I hold him to that standard because I hold myself to that standard. Like, for example, you know, a lot of people, Lebanon's a small country. A lot of people don't know a lot about it, but like, there's a lot of really bad racism towards Armenians there. Um, And so if I was a comedian and I want to do a quote unquote funny character where it was like an Armenian and I made him look stupid, I mean, I think that that would be racist. I would hold myself accountable I wouldn't do that, but I would hold myself accountable for that and saying that's racist. And if other people wanted to critique me in that way, I would 
by my own politics, I would have to be open to that critique. So, like, I guess that's what I'm trying to say here, is that I am holding him to the same standard that I would hold myself, and I do find him to be lacking. And, you know, I made an analogy, I stand by the analogy, but, um, yeah, it's just so strange to me that you could use these, like, blatantly racist caricatures and not relate it to your own history and your own culture. It's also interesting because, I mean, there is a, you know, there's a really great show uh, called Staff Let's Flats. Um, and that's actually a show about like a Greek immigrant family in London. And uh, that, you know, these, uh, the Demetrio siblings are the two, are the two like kind of stars of the show. And um, you may know Natasha Demetrio from the TV show of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, it's a great show, and it's interesting because it plays on a lot of the, maybe some ways that people view immigrants or some things that are common in, like, immigrant families and stuff, and the main character is, like, sort of a, an oaf, but that show is done with so much more love and so much more compassion, and it feels just so much more positive that I never felt watching it that, like, oh, the, like, this is, like, hateful, or this this character is to be looked down upon. And once again, with Sasha Baron Cohen, I always felt that way, and I don't know why he particularly targeted Arabs and other people from the Middle East and Central Asia. It's such a focus, like, and it's unrelenting. And also, I was in middle school and high school, and that Ali G shit was getting popular, and, like, do I need to explain to you why that bothered me? I would hope not. I'm going to give y'all the benefit of the doubt there. Anyway... This episode's already out, and I'm adding this in afterwards, because I was like, I don't want to be misunderstood. Uh, please don't let me be misunderstood. So I think that's all I have to say. Yes. The other thing I don't like about Sasha Baron Cohen is that the, the gotcha hidden camera humor to, like, own the conservatives <laughs> is, like, mm. it's bullshit. Because, I mean, mm. the people that you're trying to target either are never going to see the work, right? Like, they're not going to see the work because they don't care. Or they're like politicians, like he did in that Showtime show, who, yeah. will just, who will just say, hey, like, I didn't know and this was unfair, you know, which is what they did. And for their constituency, that was enough. Like, he's literally... He's still punching down because he's just taking people who are like beneath him in social status and just saying like, look how stupid they are. But the audience is like a middle and upper middle class audience who's like, ha ha ha, yes, those stupid hillbillies. And I mean, <laughs> that's fine. It's, like, it, I, I'm I guess fine. It's with that. easy to make a hillbilly look stupid. Yeah, and like I'm fine with that. But then when it's like you're you're messing with these people for the once again, for the enjoyment of like an upper class by law, we're talking about legal and political systems and social systems in countries that like use the law to class stratify people. It's no longer funny and you're punching mm. down and it's pointless. So it's like, once again, you took this, all these racist stereotypes and you broadcast them into people's homes and into TV or people's homes and movie theaters and all this shit. And it's like, for what? Like, did you own the conservatives? Did like all of Sasha Baron Cohen's like antics, like suddenly end conservatism? Like, 
is I'm, it not actually 2020 <laughs> like, i'm waiting for somebody to come in conservatism it's Christ. coronavirus coronavirus is currently owning the conservatives why couldn't it have happened six months earlier yeah i mean would have been nice but i don't know that's just thanks like, god <laughs> thanks god you suck <laughs> i mean that's just like what i feel it's a lot to chew on about yeah. that stuff i mean it's like i just and i think that people just need to be critical about this kind of shit mm-hmm. like and when people come to you and say here's how i look at it you don't have to agree with everything they say like you don't have to agree with everything i just said i don't give a fuck if you agree but like your knee-jerk reaction should not just be like defense right Mm. because like i didn't slander you i didn't slander anybody and even like you know when you talk about israel like it's a real fraught conversation and i know that there's like tons of israelis who hate the israeli government and when i say that there's Mm -hmm. a genocide campaign in israel it's like it's undertaken by the government like just like in america where it's like we're americans like we're not shitty people but the american government is like the American government should die by fire. Like that's just how it is. But like, I don't know. It's like, you shouldn't just knee jerk. Just be like, fuck off. Like I want to play my viddy game. <laughs> I want to laugh at the screen. Yeah. Cause life is so sad. And the reason I said grow up earlier and why I'm like so fixated on like it being immature is because like people act like it's the only thing. Like if I can't mm. watch blazing saddles or Borat, that's all the comedies ever made. <laughs> yeah so i don't know do your part gamers yeah yeah i'll uh, see you after cyberpunk comes out i guess <laughs> can we still be friends when i play cyberpunk we'll see i just have to feel guilty the whole time hey if i did it's that, like catholicism i have to like uh whip my own back while playing cyberpunk dude that's that's what it's like gotta, <laughs> like, gotta shed some white blood i mean that's just what it's like like i i think the thing that bothers me in some of these conversations is people are just like wow am i really supposed to be this uncomfortable and it's like yes welcome to being not white every day is hell <laughs> like it's like i said i think that the big thing that i want from people is just like some empathy and some awareness of like what is their privilege and what isn't and then also not to just knee-jerk support shit that could be you know detrimental to others or that mm-hmm. could like spread a detrimental message it was really crazy i we we started a anti-racism book club at work yeah and the first meeting all these white people were talking about how they like never like really interacted with black people or mexican people or like especially not like arab people like uh so me i grew up in a poor neighborhood like like all my friends were like Mexican and black people, <laughs> and then like, you know, I I really I didn't meet an Arab pe- person until I was in college. But maybe I had a different experience than most people, like because I grew up broke. I don't have the perception of like this fucking white guilt and white heritage and shit. Like I don't like I don't know. And I think that's that's really just it. Is like you just have to be open to other people and other cultures so even for me like i'm not white but i'm also not like a member of every culture ever so like and like being muslim was interesting because you met a lot of people from other cultures and just being not white you also met you know so you you hung out with people who are like practicing jews and like i hung out with a lot of like vietnamese kids in high school and like shit like that would happen you know and where it's just like oh like you end up kind of like falling in with people 
just because like oh like we're the two people here who are different <laughs> like what's up right yeah for and sure. it's like with all those cultures it's like i had to like be open and receptive to their culture and like learn about their culture and it's not like you become a fucking expert you just like are just listening to what people are saying you know yeah you know you like go to their house eat some weird shit with their family you know yeah it's fun exactly and but i think too it's like i you know a personal experience for me that i don't like talk about a ton because like people just don't want to talk about this shit but like there is you know a fair amount especially amongst older generations of like arab people who are from the region that we're from like i'm from lebanon you know lebanon is in like the far west part of the middle east we're really close to like jordan syria and palestine um and so all of our countries have been totally like destroyed in one way or another at some point by israel right and so there's a lot of anti-israeli anti-jewish sentiment right Mm. it's just like it's like a cultural thing like you just you just sort of like expect that from people you know and I noticed that, like, for myself, when I was, like, maybe around the time I was in middle school or maybe even younger, but that I was, like, oh, like, I really have to not be this way. Because, like, I have friends in school who are, like, yeah. Jewish. And, like, I know, I know Jews and, like, I'm, like, totally cool with them. So it's, like, oh, like, there's clearly something wrong with this. And it really did take me a long time of, like, working through, like, those sort of feelings and emotions. Because it's, like, you're just, like, raised with this idea. And it's, mm-hmm. like... So I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's like I was receptive to that at a young age because I guess I'm just not a fucking asshole or something. Well, what if but, what if you ne- never had Jewish friends or met Jewish people though? Yeah, well, it's, I'm I'm saying that like I get it, but then it's like yeah. I'm asking more from people because also yeah. it's 2020, it's the future. It's we have yeah. the internet, we're all connected, so yeah. it's like if you need to talk to that kind of person that you have some problem with like you can talk to that kind of person Mm -hmm. it's just like it just feels like the more connected people get with the internet and with like all these community making tools we have the less people actually want to talk and discuss things it's just all like lol video game and it's like (laughs) the fuck man like we're gonna be running around in circles chasing our goddamn tails because y'all can't just like have a damn conversation uh, I'm ju- I'm just gonna be trying to date Keanu Reeves in Cyberpunk. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> well, hold up. No one told me you could date my favorite man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. The pinnacle yeah. of the male form, Keanu Reeves, my favorite actor. <laughs> this is not old. a bit. Also, I'm obsessed with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> old Keanu. He's getting old, man. That Bill and Ted was uh, kind of man. Keanu's getting old. He he looks a little weird without the beard. Still super hot with the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he he is uh, he's growing jowls in his old age. It's okay. I mean, dude. I mean, yeah. You, know, you got to get old sometime. He's looked amazing longer than either of us ever have. So. Yeah, sure. And I mean, he could probably not dye his hair so so deeply. Just <laughs> let it go, man. Just, he's just be got graceful. The, have you seen the, his girlfriend? She is uh she's got uh fucking graceful gray hair, you know? Oh, Go yeah. for it, Keanu. What are you stopping? Yeah. For, you know? Yeah, true. Dude, man, the grays the gray fucking hairs are real. This year has uh put a yeah. lot put a lot <laughs> on me. My beard is going like super gray. There it is. It's like a it's like a light switch right here. Oh yeah. Oh yes, brother. <laughs> I think the extre- the extreme <laughs> I haven't gotten stress. it yet. I I've got like one one gray in my chin. That's wow. it. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. I, I don't know what to tell you because it's, it's it's that Minneapolis stress getting to you. It really did happen like <laughs> pretty recently. It was just finally like, oh my god. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's like waking up every day and being like, is my car still there, or like, am I gonna get attacked with a rake or something? Really, mm-hmm. run over by a pickup truck? Yeah, it's uh, F three fifty. Put some stress on you. No, but now now I moved to St. Paul, the unofficial suburb of Minneapolis. St. Pauli. It's uh it's pretty nice over here, man. It's fucking chill as shit. Yeah, dude. Moving to the burbs. <laughs> well voting Republican. <laughs> I mean there it goes. It's, it's not a suburb, but compared to Minneapolis, it feels like a suburb. Do they have Arab Republicans? Uh oh yeah, for sure. Well I guess you know the Trumpy loves the Saudi Arabia, huh? Well, not even that. I mean, I just know that when I was a kid, there were all these, like, Arabs who were desperate to be upwardly mobile. And so they were like, Uh, we got to vote Republican to protect our vast amounts of wealth that we will have. Stonks. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Basically the stonks guy. Uh, Yeah. I think that happens in pretty much every minority community. It's actually kind of funny. Is like, I think people do think that, like, oh, it's like can't have conservatives and ex-minority community it's like pff, fucking yeah you can like the herman canes or what i mean the minute you put you know a hundred bucks in someone's pocket they're like i gotta protect this and then along comes like the republicans like i will save you i do need one hundred dollars oh i need a hundred dollars bad bro <laughs> <laughs> save me greg abbott save my hundred dollars <laughs> herman canes ghost <laughs> give me a hundo <laughs> It's Game Club. It's time to tell you what the games are. Are you still here? Are you still with me? So I think I tried to drop some like PSAs up top, but they were super wrong, because things got thrown around, if you will. Because you may have heard we hit 100 patrons, so we're gonna do Dead Space. Uh, so the schedule now, as it stands. And, you know, we're gonna try and keep it spooky for y'all, because it's October. It's the spooky time. The time when things are scary. I will say, you know, even before we did the show, I would just watch horror movies and play horror games all year anyway, but now, like, doing the show and focusing on it and talking about it and researching it all year, uh... October doesn't hit exactly the same as it used to. I kind of forgot that, like... Oh yeah, it's like almost my birthday, and like, oh yeah, it's almost Halloween, and everyone is like, really, in it to win it. So, pumping the brakes, throwing some planes we had in the garbage, we're turning this goddamn car around. Uh, So first up, we're doing Echo Night 2. Spooky, haunted house, what do you want? 90s gothic, goddammit, good shit. Uh, After that, we're doing Resident Evil 4, because that was a condition I had. We had to cover that before we covered Dead Space. So we're going to talk about that one. And then finally, yes, we are doing Dead Space. That will be our Halloween special. It's also our 100 patron special. Um, Big stuff, you guys. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, that's what's coming up. 
for you. Uh, we care, and we want to make you happy. So, we'll see you when all that stuff happens.